Hello and good day to you, my beautiful friends. I do hope you are well. Welcome to Cross Button VR, a beginner's journey into PSVR 2, a show for those who want to share in our newcomers' enthusiasm for the world of VR. I'm your host, Laurie, but before we get started with the show, I just want to remind everyone that we are part of the Cross Players. So if you enjoy what you hear, please do check out our other podcasts. If you'd like to support us, please do give the podcast a sub on the service you're using and leave us a review too. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CrossButtonVR and at the Crossplayers, or check out thecrossplayers.com for links to all of our content and Discord. Uh, if you really want to show the love, you can do so on Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash the Crossplayers. And for as little as £2 a month, you can help us produce the show and gain entry into our lovely little WhatsApp group. Now, this week, I am joined by my fellow VR virgins, Ben and Alex. Hello, gents. Hello. Hello. Uh, but we are also joined by a very special guest this week. It is none other than, uh, well, where to start? A TV actor, video game voice actor, and all-round VR influencer, social media superstar. It's Kate Speak. Hello, that's <laughs> thank really you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us uh, today, Kate. Uh, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, and I'm I'm dead delighted to be here. I feel like I'm among my people this evening. So um, so I suppose it would just be good to start, just uh, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself and just tell tell listeners and viewers uh, who you are. Yeah, sure thing. So um, <laughs> I am, my name is Kate Speak. I've been an actress for just over 20 years or so. Done a bit of work on theatre. That bit's boring, isn't it? I've done some screen <laughs> stuff too. I do a lot of independent horror films. Um, but I suppose more to the interest of your fan base, guys, I am fundamentally a gamer and have been since I was about six years old my first ever computer was an atari and i've never looked back Same. absolutely love tech i'm a proper geek i'm um, not just in gaming i love e-bikes e-scooters anything a little bit dorky and i'm here for it so uh yeah that's me i i i have mainly pushed through social media to connect more in the past couple of years with independent filmmakers and anyone to do with the tv industry stuff like that and then suddenly with the PlayStation VR 2 release, I just seem to have made these amazing contacts in the gaming industry, like yourselves included. So that's why I'm here and I'm dead keen to talk about all things VR, really. Okay, well, you've been, uh, it'd be great to hear just what's your, what would you describe as your, your desert island game then? If you, if you were cast away to an island, if you think one game with you uh, and all of your, your years of gaming, what would that, what would that game be? It's going to be a bit biased right now because it is a total hot topic for me, but Resident Evil 4 has always been one of my favourite games. I just so happen to be playing the remake at the moment, which I'm absolutely loving. Um, I think if I hadn't said that, I would have said the original Resident Evil 2. I'm a big fan of Resident Evil. Um, I don't think you can ever just pick one, though, can you? I, but I love survival horror. Let's just say it would be it would probably one of those. And just completely something com like radically different. Um, Donkey Kong Country 2. Thursday, so. I mean, wow. That's, yeah, that's left field there. <laughs> yeah, not so much not? in the horror genre that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Resident Evil Four. I mean, since you brought it up, yeah. Um, <laughs> here we go. Here I we mean, go. I don't know. It feels like a good segue. Um, amazing, right? I'm yeah. absolutely loving it. It's yeah. so good. It's where great. where where are you at? Um, okay, so some crazy stuff happened last night. It went a bit off script compared to the original, <laughs> so I won't say too much about it. But um, mm. I, I mean, I'm mainly in the castle segment. Same. Uh, yeah. I've met Ada. Um, I don't think yes. that's a spoiler, is it? And I'm just yeah. a little bit further on than that. I haven't so far done the bit that I've been dreading 
not the most because there's a bit at the end of the game I'm really dreading but there was always a bit I was pretty scared of and when you go down into the garden full of the dogs like the really frightening dogs right haven't done that bit so whether or not it's not in the game or whether or not they've changed the structure I don't know but I'm kind of on that part of the game put it that way yeah I think we're a very similar place I think I'm on chapter nine which sounds like it's about where you are as well yeah 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 I'll look look forward to those horrible dogs (laughs) but they've they've cleverly rejigged some of the the structures, I think, to yeah. toy with people that have played the original. Yeah, I like going, that. Oh, this bit, this bit's not going to be here, but we're going to drop it in somewhere else. Yeah, 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 it's good stuff. That's great. Um, do you think? I mean, obviously, they're doing a, uh, a VR update of it. I don't know, Alex. We haven't got a, a solid release date for that yet, have we? No, the, all they've really confirmed is they're working on it. Um, that's as far as they've said. So I assume some point this year. You'd hope some point this year, and hopefully mm. not the too distant future, because I'm holding off to try. The VR version because I've never played Resident wow. Evil 4, so this will be the first time I've played any version of it. But I'm. Um, oh, wow. I'm <laughs> just jumping straight it's into just... the hardcore mode. Why not? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Are you going to. I take it you're going to replay it on uh, in VR, Kate? Absolutely, I yeah. I would yeah. I would have um, held off, but I don't have that kind of level of discipline. I, I had it in the back of my mind I would for a while. Um, I've owned it on nearly every console or computer you could ever have it on including the Mm. quest and i enjoyed the vr version of the quest um but when i played the demo the chainsaw demo i was like i've just got to play this straight away and i thought if nothing else i'll play it in my vr headset anyway because you get to watch it on what looks like a big really nice um screen with a great frame rate and pulse vr headset and all that going on um but i am keen to see what's going to happen with vr i'm like optimistically hoping that they'll just do the whole game in vr but i do feel they might have said that if they were going to do it as well they might just say that the whole game is going to be in vr so I'm i not, think I'm they sure did i think they did. did i think they Absolutely. did but i might be wrong they did the fact they did village in vr bodes well doesn't it have you it does, have you yeah. played village are you gonna oh, yeah yeah village was absolutely <laughs> smashing village is so far my psvr2 favorite game that i that i've played it was it was awesome i had i had previously tried um the prey dogs mod of village on the pc with the um uh vive pro which was stunning but the psvr2 version was just yeah easily the the hands down showcase um psvr2 game when i got it it's, it's none of us cowards have uh, tried no. that. I, think. <laughs> I think we all do we all own it uh, Laurie, do you own it no 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 okay my downloaded i i owned it on xbox i don't actually own it on playstation i'd played it through uh, an xbox wow. first time uh, okay oh, so it's just me who's the coward. just you that's the coward ben all right. i mean it's i think it's fair to be a coward of that game because it is really scary um mm. i don't think it's as scary as resi 7 in vr but it's still got its moments for sure i mean yeah there's certain parts of that game uh yeah yeah <laughs> i was pleased to have got through this certain parts of that game i never want to see again so never mind in exactly. vr so yeah. <laughs> i'm just happy with my kayak sims i don't i don't, I don't, oh, need, yeah. that. <laughs> I don't need that stress in my life <laughs> no. well thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of uh, the resident evil official podcast uh, <laughs> <laughs> no okay well, so um I guess Kate, it would be great just to, to tell us what what is it then about about just gaming in VR in general then as a, as a medium itself because we're obviously all quite quite new to the medium we're we're loving our time a bit but um, yeah. just what what's been your your experience with VR today and, and what is it that made you want to get a PSVR two uh, on day one? 
Well, many years ago, I went to EGX. I was there cosplaying as Lara Croft, as you do. And I was trying out all the games that were coming out at the time. So I think there was Alien Isolation. Um, there was the Rise of the Tomb Raider, stuff like that. All the kind of games I enjoy playing. My friend Kate Freer was working on the uh, HTC booth um, at EGX. And she's like, Kate, come and sneak a little go on this new technology we've got. And it was the original HTC Vive. Um, but I didn't know what to expect. I think in my mind, I just assumed that VR wasn't going to be something I was into. I don't know what I think. I think all I'd seen prior to that was those kind of things you could see on like a mobile phone, you know, when you could kind of uh, yeah, yeah. like these <laughs> cardboard binoculars. Anyway, I, I didn't have high expectations, but I thought I'd just go and check it out. Um, and she showed me the demo, which basically had um, this will ring a bell to some people, but not to everyone. But it had a showcase of different things. So you had a, a, a whale, an absolute huge whale that comes right up to you in VR. Uh, you could walk around this kind of ship as it does. And just the, the way it just felt like you were transported instantly to that scene. It mm. even felt because of the sound and everything, like it felt like it was like vibrating with the just awesome presence of this whale. And I couldn't get over the scale of it, how much I felt so vulnerable. Um, it was terrifying, but absolutely magnificent. There was a, a demo of robot repair, which was to do with the Portal series, where you've got these robots having a bit of an argument in front of you and you've got to hurriedly try and put it all together and then GLaDOS comes and threatens you. And it was just all this stuff. And I thought, oh my God, these are some experiences that I've played previously in... Um, other games, you know, sort of in a generic way, but I've never felt so much like I'm actually living in that moment in a game. It absolutely took my breath away. I think that there is a moment in VR that people experience for the first time that they can't even really put into words, but it like you either you either feel it or you're never going to be a fan. And I think once you've tried that, you're always looking for that next moment in VR where it's like utterly magical to you. So that was that. I mean, back then I couldn't afford like a gaming PC and this rig because it was, you know, thousands and thousands of pounds. And I thought, how am I going to get this experience again and be able to show people what I've experienced? Because I was going on and on about it. But I do think that <laughs> you can't really tell people about VR. They need to they need to try it. Totally. Um, and then I went to a um, like a pop up uh, showcase thing of the original PlayStation VR that they just had them going on all around the country. And there was one yeah. in my local town centre. And I really didn't have high hopes for it because I thought, you know, I thought I've played a big, powerful, beastie PC VR system. I'm not quite sure what the, what the PlayStation VR is going to have to offer. But um, I didn't get to try at the time the Shark demo, which I've played since, which is absolutely incredible. And I think that gives a lot of people that experience that I'm talking about where it takes their breath away. But the first game I actually played was Rush of Blood. Um, and for those of you who haven't played it, it's the kind of horror roller coaster experience. And I, when I finished it, I just I took the heads off and I said to the guy who was running the demo, I was like, is this seriously running on a PlayStation console? And he's like, yeah, I was like, it's absolutely incredible, like so immersive. Um, I'm a big fan of like rail shooters and stuff anyway. I grew up on like House of the Dead and Time Crisis and all that stuff. But I felt really um, like terrified because it was a really scary level that I played, but really like uh, the adrenaline was like thumping everything. And I knew that VR was something that I was totally going to go all in on. So over the next, goodness knows how many years, um, what would you say, like maybe a decade or something since we started getting all this kind of stuff, I've dabbled around with as much VR tech that I can get my hands on. I've bought PCs and sold them again and bought Quests and PlayStation VRs and blah, blah, blah. And I've enjoyed them all. But the one that I was like properly waiting for like 
literally had a countdown timer on my, <laughs> on my iPad was the PlayStation VR 2. I was so excited when I saw the technology they were implementing, the foveated rendering, um, the sort of the haptics, um, the, the new sense controllers. Um, I was, yeah, I was properly stoked about it. And so far I, I feel, I don't feel like it's life changing, but I think mm. it's an incredible piece of VR tech for people to be able to own at home where they don't have to like hang um, sensor boxes all around their room to experience it. And that whole thing where you do have to kind of psych yourself up for VR because with a lot of, um, with a lot of technology, you've really got to spend a lot of time getting it all set up exactly as you want it. The fact you can just stick it in, turn it on and off you go is, I think it's absolutely incredible for that. And I'm really loving my time with it. I look forward to every single playthrough that I do on it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, I think, I, I think the key thing I took from there is clearly I played the wrong game at that PlayStation showcase. I mean, because <laughs> I went to that PlayStation showcase for the original PlayStation VR and I played the Batman game because I think you had to basically uh, like you're like they put you in queues and you're like, what game do you want to pick? And I'm like, oh, like I love superheroes. I picked Batman and then I went home and cancelled my PSVR order. I'm like, no way, am I buying that? Like, no, absolutely no chance. Um, so clearly I just picked the wrong game. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think from, from where it was then to where it is now, and this is kind of what we've kind of been saying over and over. I mean, it just is that experience and that first moment in it. And then you, you can't describe it to people. You, people need to experience it. It's like... I don't think you can you can sell VR with words. You can only sell it with pictures or experience. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's true. It's almost because it's such a niche product. You almost feel like you're part of some sort of cult when you're <laughs> saying to people, yeah. "No, no, this is amazing! Like everything's huge and everything." Like my I had my parents down at the weekend, and I was trying to convince my dad to try Gran Turismo Seven. Like it's like driving. It's like driving, Dad. Put it on. No, no, you're all right. Oh, it's so amazing. But you do, you can't describe it. And obviously, he's watching it on the TV. Yeah. And when you see the camera moving around, it doesn't do it justice. And I think trailers for VR games are a hard sell as well. Because it just doesn't, unless you've got a person acting out, you know, on, mm. on screen as well, it just doesn't convey the immersion and, and the... You always get the shaky head motion. Occupying that space. Like, just... Yeah. It just looks awkward with the person looking around in VR and you're not the person looking around. You just want to be, just just let me do it. Just let me do it. And on that state of play they had recently, all the games, just done, they don't quite preview as well as they should do, should they? No. Yeah. But you're right, Kate. That, that first, there's always that moment where it, it does scale so much better, doesn't it? Mm. Like when when like a massive creature comes at you, you're like, wow, this, this is different to just watching it on your TV. Yeah. Um, even playing What the Bat, I think that was one of the first games that I played. When just when the logo drops down from the sky, and I was I just stood there like, wow, and it's, <laughs> it's like you know the most simplistic thing in the world, but it just it feels so so different. It's yeah. um, yeah. It's I think for me that moment is when I was playing the kayak uh, VR game and in the Norwegian fjords uh, stage and just looking up at the cliff sides and just seeing how immense they are and how small you are mm. in your little kayak just bobbing along especially the stormy level because you can load it up in the storm at night and you're just there kind of being thrown around in the sea and you just look up and the lighthouse is illuminating these the, the fjords and it's just absolutely vast oh, cliff nice. in front of you and you just cannot get the sense of that any other any other way it's amazing yeah, yeah. well um so obviously you're the only one amongst us that's had any experience of the original psvr yeah. Do you do you really see 
I mean, obviously, there's the difference. Obviously, you mentioned the multitude of wires and everything that you had mm. to set that up. But in terms of like the fidelity, how the games run, the added features like the haptics in the headset and the eye tracking and things like that, do you do you think it's a generational leap? Like, can you really notice it? I think so. And I, to be fair, I would have noticed that more had I not come back from uh, HTC Vive Pro, which I sold to pay for my PSVR 2. That was an absolutely stunning headset as well. But I didn't notice a drop down from the Vive Pro. So it shows how okay. good the PSVR 2 is. I think there is, and I, this is a weird one because I can't quite put into words, but there is a style and a charm to a PlayStation VR headset that is not the same on any other VR headset. And it might even be down to some of the stuff that people would consider to be negatives. Um, I can't really call it now. That thing that almost, it's like a kind of, um, is it mirror or something? Mirror. Like, the yeah, mirror. That, that yeah. you get more so in the PSVR 1 and PSVR 2, but it kind of gives it a charm as well. If you're playing like a horror game, I can't explain it. It just gives you this sort of feeling of being... Mm. Um, I don't know. I suppose it lends it a sort of warmth, right? Rather than making it all just perfectly digital it's almost like a yeah. film grainy kind of yeah i, I find that it, i do maybe. find that hard to to describe but i suppose more than anything it reminds me that i'm playing a playstation game and not a pc game which i just enjoy more so um going back on the uh, resident evil in vr so resident evil 8 um mm. there is a instant familiarity if you played resident evil 7 vr which in my eyes is one of the best vr experiences you can have like resident evil 7 was just so good even on the playstation vr 1 like um, I know it suffered graphically compared to the uh, standard PC version of the game, but it was just a game-changing experience in survival horror to be able to play that in VR. So that sort of sense of coming back to do something similar in Village was was incredible. Um, I wouldn't say uh, either are perfect, but I think the fact that you know you're playing on a console, and again, that is that straightforward ability to just have your game loading Unfortunately, sometimes with PC gaming, you can get so many elements that make it not possible to play the game once you finally get in the mood to play one. Even something as incredible as Half-Life Alex, you've really got to spend a bit of time getting all the elements right in your room, making sure the lighting's good, making sure that you're, if I'm talking with, with other VR units now where you've got sensors, you know, making sure they're placed perfectly, the angle of them. Um, mm. There's just a lot that you have to do. And when you finally get into a game like Alex, it's absolutely brilliant. But you really got to kind of think, right, that's what I'm doing this whole evening. Like, this is what I'm doing and I'm going right. to commit some time to it. But the PlayStation VR 1 and 2, even with all the plugs and everything going on in the first one, you still know with a console that game's going to load and you're not going to be tweaking um, any kind of overclocking or anything to get the graphics running perfectly. It is like straight out the box, ready to play that game that you're going in for. And some of the... Uh, the exclusives that were on the PlayStation made both of those headsets like an easy win over any PC VR that I could, because you you know, Astrobot Rescue Mission is not just one of my favorite VR games. It's one of my favorite all-time video games. It's absolutely brilliant. And in fact, going back when you said about my Desert Island game, I think I'm going to put that one on the list as well, because it really is such an incredibly good game. Yeah. Um, you're making and me again, sad that I can't play it. It's, oh, it's, 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 like, it's, it's still like sitting there going like, I want to play that game so badly. Oh, like perfect. so badly. 
<laughs> but, on yeah. the Astro's, Astro's Rescue Mission, obviously the game that's built into the PS5, you play that, and once you've completed it and you've collected all the things, you've got the PSVR 1 yeah. headset in that Labo room with all the other uh, history of PlayStation tech in the room. And you can see them playing, if you if you bash them as the Astrobot, it starts playing the game through the headset. And I was like, oh, look, this is, this, I want to play that game. It oh. shows, you, shows you through the goggles in the game uh, to the little sort of, I don't know, 30 second montage of the original Astrobot game. That's amazing. That really I, I, made me want to play it. <laughs> I remember when Astro's Playroom came out when the with the release of the PS5. That was what gave me hope that we would get a PSVR too, because the because the little Astrobots were playing on one. I was like, Sony hasn't forgotten about this headset. Like, no. I think we're getting another one. Plus, there was a USB C port at the front of the console. I was like, surely this is designed for something. So yeah, it was, and it was, that's really yeah. interesting to hear you talking about the PC experience because we just take all that for granted. We just always just <laughs> have that plug in and play. And yeah. you're right, it is just so easy because if I'm playing, if I've got kind of 20 minutes before going to bed, I just think I'll quickly boot up Gran Turismo 7 and it takes yeah. no time at all to think, well, I'll put my headset on and play, play it in that as well. Yeah, I think Gran Turismo in particular as well, because it's a sit down game, um, you are really just straight in. Do you use the uh, do you use the steering wheel and all the rig as well? I don't, but Alex, <laughs> <laughs> have you used I, it much? <laughs> I've got as far as the steering wheel, like I think I'm taking it a little bit, of, a bit at a time. So I've got the steering wheel as the main thing just now and I just right. put my steering wheel on my desk now because I'm just building myself up to getting it all together because I'm just yeah. a bit like, I'm not good enough for, for all of this at once. It's like just little bits at a time. No, but yeah. But, and like I say, you've even got the gear stick as well, haven't you? It's like, I, it's amazing. I just, it's all automatic in that game. Why would you want a gear stick? I'm not saying my good. It's just another <laughs> ornament, Ben. Just another ornament. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the full leather overalls that I think. Was yeah. Really cool, oh, but the other bits I wanted the most. That was that was the whole point. Like it's those funky the rest shoes. Of it is an excuse. Yeah. 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 We call him the stick. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I could drive like the stick. I think, um, so, yeah. uh, sorry, Laurie, I was just going to say one thing to your point there, though, around like if I have a quick 20 minutes, half an hour to shove the headset on and play a game, like I can't play a VR game for half an hour or 20 minutes because I put the headset on and I don't know how long I've been in it. And it, before you know it, you've been in it for an hour or two hours. Like 20 minutes doesn't happen, <laughs> I, I find. I, like I've never found like a gaming experience before where I've lost time as easily as I have now playing VR. Hmm. I yeah. think the only the only uh, exception to that for me is playing something like like I played Pistol Whip today, and I only played half an hour, but I was dripping with sweat. Like it's like literally there was like I you know I could have just took the headset out and poured it out because you're just moving about constantly. So I think that is the reminder that okay I've probably been doing this long enough. My thighs are burning. <laughs> that's long enough. But that's possibly a problem that's unique to me. Those, well, those little um, kind of calorie burning games are pretty cool, though. That's what I liked with PC VR was things like, well, I mean, I know they've got it on PlayStation as well, but things like Gorn, um, the Rocky, um, the Creed one, sorry, um, mm. Beat Saber, all those ones. You, Yeah, you only need half an hour but you feel I, mean, I would sort of put my um my apple watch on as well and kind of get an idea of like what kind of what kind of uh uh expenditure i was doing with my energy um but they're all really they're really good but you don't need more than that do you, you just have like a little stint it's like playing an arcade game back in the day you don't need to play it all night you just want a little like a yeah. little black on something for half an hour or so and that's cool but i agree um with what you said as well alex that, that sometimes time is just completely lost i mean if you're playing something like Again, Resi Village, I, yeah, you've got to kind of like tell yourself to get out of the game after a while because you just keep going otherwise, yeah. unless you get killed. <laughs> mm. Yeah, roughly how long would you say 
you would sit down for a session of village because I'm, I'm just like I, I don't think i've spent more than an hour at a oh, time right. in okay. vr whereas right. like a game like that you can ima- i can imagine playing for like two or three hours at oh time. yeah at least i i'd say that probably about the same amount of time that i'm gonna put in each evening to resident evil 4 so i'd say maybe three four hours something like that mm-hmm. and that's what i do another thing i like about the psvr 2 is yeah it can get a tiny bit uncomfortable like i might sometimes find like where i've got a uh a ponytail like it might sort of push down a little bit on my head after a while same, same. but because it doesn't fog up <laughs> like <laughs> it was it was the it was the fogging up that used to bug me on other vr headsets like you'd you'd be playing a game and you'd like have to take everything off and if you've got the um like pulse headset and all that you know got to take all mm. the sound gear off and all that just to kind of like get the fog away check it all put it back on again and that and that can be a bit of a pain in the butt but um, yeah. With those things out of the way, you can definitely sort of commit to a little bit further. And the fact that you can do the pass-through mode, and I could get my husband to pass me some Prosecco. <laughs> so without taking the headset off. I was like, this is a game changer. I don't have to stop for Prosecco. I can keep on running away from Lady Dimitrisque and have a sip of Prosecco. Like, we are onto a winner. That's a, that's a that's, clear win. I think it's perfect. <laughs> The password really confuses my wife because obviously you can't look at your phone when you're in VR. But if someone comes into the room and you kind of sense their presence, you can yeah. you feel them in the room. You can sort of turn the password mode on and, and look around and talk to them. And they're like, yeah. "Can you see me? Like, <laughs> are you talking to me and looking Scammers. at me?" And, stuff. and like, if I yeah. told you something, you can just take it. And that it, it does feel magic. That 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 feature it really is clever. Yeah, it's handy for toddlers running around as well, and you don't want to yeah. like accidentally sort of deck them with your. I, own. Oh, I, 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 I did do that. I, d- I, have, I have done that. Oh, no. That's two. just a good Scottish upbringing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have too many toddlers. I wouldn't. I can. I can think about trying to play VR whilst they're awake. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's the rule. When the when the well, my son is going to be two in June. When he's awake, we don't play yeah. VR. That does yeah. not go out because I'm not risking him getting his hands on it whatever just yeah. no it is tucked away in a locked cupboard <laughs> i thought you were going to say i'm not yeah. risking like something happening to him when i'm not paying attention <laughs> no, 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 a no 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 forget him <laughs> whatever <laughs> a few bumps and bruises are fine but you damage that that's 600 pound mate <laughs> <laughs> can replace you for free <laughs> <laughs> But okay, well, we had um, York Tittle um, a few weeks ago. He was talking about when you're in VR, it's that full uh, presence and immersion in the game and the no distractions. You have to commit 100% of your attention to it, which means as a storyteller, uh, as a medium for enjoying kind of art in, as, as he was putting it, um, it's really unrivaled because you don't have anything else to distract you or can intrude on, on what it is that someone's trying to, to show you and tell you. And I can imagine for Resident Evil, that really, it really takes, takes it up a level. Because if, if I was yeah. playing Resident Evil, I'd be like, oh, God, I'll look at my phone for a guide or just you know, look around or have the light on or something. It just, you know, you're not fully into it in the same way that when you're in VR and you have no distractions possible, you can't look at your phone. Yeah, that's it, nice, isn't it? It's a nice change to do that, to really sort of fully commit to a game and not be sort of like, oh, better check Twitter or whatever. Just, you know, there's always something, isn't there? And it's just nice to, yeah, give yourself over to that. But I do find with something like Resi, because it's so intense. I will literally be like, right, I just need to take a moment now and just like come out of the middle and like talk yeah. about my experience before I go back in and do the next segment if it's been really heavy. So just as a quick roundup then, so what else have you in the last, what's it been, month, six weeks since the headset uh, launched? What, what's been your, your main experience you've been playing other than Resident Evil? Um, I only, as of about two days ago, found the machine safari mode of Horizon Call of the Mountain, which I really enjoyed <laughs> because I... I sort of wrote the game off a little bit. I 
I just couldn't get into it. Um, I don't know whether or not there was a lot of overhype about it. It's beautiful, but I just, I just have not been feeling it at all. Um, even sort of knowing that it was going to be sort of 90% climbing. Uh, but when I watched the machine safari mode, which I didn't even realize I'd unlocked him, my friend told me to find out, um, it really showcased to me like what it's like once all these big badass robots start fighting and well, they're like dinosaurs and stuff, aren't they? And, uh, yeah, that made me go, actually, you know what, let's go back in and find out. And I really enjoyed my more recent playthrough of it. I, I And it turns out I'm like 66% through the game, which surprised me a little bit, actually. Mm. I, I still feel like I've just started playing it. Um, so that, there's been that. And, you know, I will say I was one of the handful of people that was a little bit disappointed in the release of um, Switchback because it was the game I was most excited about. Mm, and I could see if that had been your first PSVR one experience, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to dampen it too much because they have come out and said that they're going to patch it. Um, so I'm gonna, I think I'm just gonna sit on that for a while and wait for the, for, wait for it to be patched. I can play it in all its glory because it's got the potential to be awesome. It just had some uh, elements that felt like they maybe were a bit rushed or overlooked. Um, but otherwise, that would be my total cup of tea as a game. I, I love the kind of roller coaster experience and, like I say, that kind of um, arcade gun shooter vibe to it. And the, the use of the haptics and the adaptive triggers and everything was amazing. And the headset, um, you know, the vibrations on there, they got so many elements right. But I feel like it deserves almost like a relaunch to get like the experience that I was looking forward to. So there's that. And. Mm. Um, I've not played a ton of other stuff. I'm still waiting for them to hopefully announce an Astrobot game because it's got to happen, surely. But um, I have got other things to play. I just haven't given as much time to them. It's mainly the horror stuff. But um, I did find a, a, a demo that I really enjoyed um, of a game that I really should buy. And it was just it was just a one called Puzzling Places. It's brilliant. And it's so good. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I, I've played that and you're just, you're sitting in the chair in the middle of a 3D jigsaw puzzle and it sounds yeah. ridiculous, but... It's it's so relaxing, yeah. and like it's such a good feeling when you finish a puzzle. It's like it's, it's so satisfying. Yeah, it's yeah. great, brilliant. Yeah. yeah, I'd highly recommend picking yeah. that up just for a complete change of pace from your horror games. It's as far away yeah. from it as you can get. Yeah, right. That's that is literally what it is. It's like a relief game. You can just sit down and like yeah, just chill out and do this puzzle. And you do you feel really satisfied once mm-hmm. you complete it. And um, it's a bargain as well. I think it's only about £15 or something. So I think that'll be my next purchase. They also add, like, they add new puzzles, I think, every month. They've got, like, so many different DLC oh, packs cool. and stuff. They've got, like, I think they've got new packs every month that they add on to it. It's good. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was good, that. That's that's just reminded me, Alex, this is a PSA for you, probably more than anyone else. But the um, have you seen Tetris Effect? They've released a couple of extra I levels have. to tie in with the movie. I have. Yeah, the, the ones that are normally yeah. locked behind, like all the master modes and stuff. So mm. I was reading the press release to that this afternoon. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Excellent. Good name to end on, I reckon. So thank you once again, Kate, for giving up uh, some time to talk to us today. It's been really good. I think Sony should get you just your 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 pitch for why VR is amazing and why in particular on, on PlayStation. I feel like they need to just put you on. We'll, we'll cut out that section. We'll put it out on, on the standalone video and just Make it go, go viral. viral. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully Sony will see it and pick it up and be like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for having me on guys it's been a pleasure to meet you all and you know you just, too. Again, to, just to in some ways get to talk about this stuff because i don't yeah. i don't have any, anywhere near sort of vr enough interested friends in my life <laughs> I, I see their eyes glaze over the second i bring it up so i've really enjoyed it thank you no, no problem at all it's great to hear your, your enthusiasm and everything for it so 
Uh, so uh, thank you Kate and thank you everyone for for listening and for watching on YouTube um, if you fancy getting a bit more involved with us uh, we'd love to love to hear from you so we've got our channel on our discord just for PSVR 2 so please at the very least join that and tell us what you're playing at the moment uh, but also just if you've got any suggestions you'd like to email us at crossbuttonvr at gmail.com for anything we should be playing or anything you think we should check out um, last but not least thank you ever so much for our patrons for supporting the work we do and, and I've been your host, Laurie. These two have been Ben and Alex. Our guest has been Kate. And we will see you again next time. Until then, it's goodbye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, lads, um, we for, we're forgetting something, right? The, uh, the Last we? Worker review. You, ah. you guys reviewed The Last Worker. I want to hear all about it. Can we drop that in here? Of so, course we can. Yeah. Why not? Let's okay. do it. Let's, Let's count it. down. Yeah. Three, two, two one. one. The Last Worker is a game where you are cast as an employee, as the last worker, in fact, in a massive Amazon-esque factory. And your job is to fulfill orders. Uh, you need to go and collect, collect pack packages, uh, deliver them to waiting customers. And all throughout, there is a very sinister undertones that something is not quite right in this factory. Um, Alex and I have been playing this now. We are not finished the game, so this is not a full review of the completed thing. It's just our early impressions of the first two or three hours, Alex, would you say? Yeah, yeah. Which I'm not actually sure how long it is, so I, I, I feel it's about half, but we'll see. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea either. Um, it'd be interesting to see. It doesn't, I feel like there's, there's quite a lot of story to be told still where, where I am, though. Um, so early impressions, Alex, what, what are your thoughts on it? I was... I was a very mixed at the beginning. Um, I feel like it started that it was the controls took a little bit of getting used to. I think when you're initially getting in and you're getting seated, what is like your main contraption, your main vehicle for going round? It took a little bit of getting used to like how you were maneuvering, how you were steering. In terms of, I understand why it was like almost like a forty-five degree turn for every like change of direction but at the same time I was always expecting it to be a little more mm. smoother um, and I, I think it, it, that took me off guard a little bit to begin with but once I got used to that I felt very much at home, like not at home with the controls I don't think I've ever quite got at home with the controls yet but the rest of the experience kind of took over. I, I think that initial opening sequence where you're going into the factory and experiencing it for the first time and just, you're almost like given free reign to just like destroy, like that whole feeling at the beginning of just going in and we're probably spoiling this a little bit here but I don't I'm not giving too yeah, much I mean, of because it's the like the first, it's the first it's the opening sequence. You're essentially tearing down this factory, like with two as a giant robot, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that was such a nice way to kind of introduce yourself to to the setting and um, give you that sense of sense of destruction as well as probably a kind of it almost kind of made you immediately understand the character's perspective. Um, yeah, and and the characters in it are probably one of the the main highlights I think to yeah. start off with. So the, your main uh, you're playing a, a guy called Kurt, um, and you see in the opening sequence that he has uh, he's, he's met his his partner, um, met a lady in the factory. She's had a baby, um, and then she's been which she managed to escape. I think the the so in the game the story of the game is that you 
lots, lots, lots of other employees that worked in this factory and one by one they've all been picked off by the other machines and the robots and you see this played out in a in a sort of cartoon sequence at the start of it and um, but also in that you see that he meets this uh, this, this woman and they have a baby together but just as she's about to be snatched out of the machines i think he distracts them and she manages to get away so kurt is still there uh, in the factory on his own he's played by uh, olaf Durry olafson uh, very very well he's got a very very deep and sonorous voice that i just love listening to him um, he's very the whole it's a very sad you, you know he's got the weight of many years of working in this in this factory and you can tell it's taken the toll on him and he's it's, he's voice does the character the characterization the voice acting is brilliant yeah and and that's brilliant for all the characters i think the kind of key ones you meet earlier on between him and skew voiced by jason isaacs has would you initially hear skew for the first time when it's just this like little angry angry scouser you're just like because he he doesn't he start off he's in the he's in the training mode isn't he yeah just talks normally and then he snaps out of it and he goes back to his his usual self it's, it's fantastic um yeah it, again very very well acted um and it's there's kind of there's an interplay in the game with the the story based sequences where you have the the dialogue out and the, the story moves on and you see the interaction with uh, is it Joseph Jungle who who runs the very amazonesque company Jungle i mean this it's not very subtle <laughs> it's clearly meant to be meant to be amazon um you even have kind of orders that need you know, high high priority orders that you say these need to be your prime priority it's like yeah okay i get it <laughs> <laughs> i see what you're doing here but yeah so all the characters they play out in between uh what are shifts basically and you you start a shift and the main gameplay of it is you are tasked with uh, collecting a parcel uh, off all this giant warehouse with all the parcels that are stacked on shelves and you have to take your little uh, flying delivery cart what would you call it <laughs> yeah it's like a little cart like a hover cart type thing yeah a little hover cart and you can it, it, it just hovers you can go up and down in any direction um, i changed it so it's just free movement and smooth turning because i couldn't be doing with the, the snap turning um I, I suppose it's a comfort setting but for me i'm no no issue with that so i've just changed it to the smooth uh controls uh you have to grab the package and then get it as quickly as you can to the um big sort of suction pipe that sends it off to the to the customer um and then as you're doing it you have to check that the parcel hasn't been damaged in any ways or it's the right size or hasn't been mislabeled or it's not out of date so you, there is a you, you you pick it up by firing this sort of gravity gun thing at it and you can rotate the parcel around to make sure it's all okay if it meets the criteria and it's not been mislabeled or damaged or anything, you throw it in the in the blue pipe. And if it has been, uh, there is something wrong with it, you have to tag it and then send it to a red pipe. And then if you, once you do each one, you get given another order and you have to go off and fulfill that. And there's about seven or eight in each shift that you do. And each shift only lasts, I don't know, five minutes, I'd say. So it's very quick shifts. You fulfill the orders and... And and that's that's ultimately I suppose the gameplay in the game and in between shifts then that's when the, the story plays out. So I think a, a lot, some people could play this and think oh, this actual fulfilling of parcels it, it sounds boring or it is boring or it's monotonous and I guess it, it strikes me when we spoke to Jorg and he was explaining about how he's really just wants to make games. So sorry that uh, Jorg Tittle, the the writer and director for this game, which is very much his game, and, and he explained to us that. Uh, he wanted to make people feel and, and think with things and use VR as a way to tell stories. And it got, when you're up against it and you're trying to fulfill these orders, and especially when you're, some of them are time pressured and it's, it's monotonous, and it makes you, it made me reflect on the fact that this is what actually many thousands of people, this is their job and this is what it's like and this is it in real life. When you hear the stories of people that work from Amazon and the, the pressure that they're under to fulfill orders in time and the, the sort of lengths they have to go to and without taking breaks and things, 
you know it's supposed to make you feel like that and it makes you reflect on the fact that this is this isn't fiction this this is a real company that is out there doing this to its employees and this is obviously doing it in a very silly and slightly futuristic manner but it's it's not you know it's not unrealistic yeah and and i think it, it does that in such a good way in terms of it makes you feel at one with Kurt and I think it's some of the nice little touches so obviously again when we spoke to Yorgi talk about having that full body experience and not just having hands to have yes. that to kind of feel at one with the character and I think the other thing that I really felt was really effective was the rear view mirror mm-hmm. so there's almost at points in the story where you were turning around and you could see yourself as Kurt so you were seeing like the reflection in this mirror as Kurt to make that little bit add that slight and, more and slightly see... more immersive and you can see how tired he is. He's got his bags yeah. under his eyes, his big beard. And he's got a picture of him and his, his, his girlfriend, his wife, partner. And you can see him looking young and fresh-faced. And then you can just see the toll that working in this, this company has had on him. And, and in between the, the shifts, or at the end of the shift, you go back to his home, essentially, which is just part of the, the, the waste area of the, the factory. I and mean, what would you call that area where all the kind of rubbish gets dumped? It's like the furnace almost, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's like a yeah, furnace all the, where all, all the, all the, the bad toys waste. go to die type thing. Because I don't know if you noticed, there was like, well, I'm assuming what this is, but there's at one point it looked like there was a Sonic burning in the, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's a oh, Sonic no. burning in the furnace. Well, that's certainly what I thought it was. It looked like a little blue hedgehog. So I thought that was that quite does nice. Does strike me as something that York would do. Yeah. You know, he'd love for, <laughs> love for Sega. Um, and, but yeah, so, so the air and because it's just burning up all the plastic toys and things, the air is contaminated. He has a gas mask down there where he needs one, um, and he's got a walking stick to move. So it, it kind of doesn't tell you this, but just the environmental storytelling, and you pick up the fact to move around the area when you're when you're parts. You have to kind of pick up the walking stick and move it, and, and that kind of engages his, his walking and moving to the other part. And his food's all mouldy, and the air he can't breathe it properly, and his, his sofa is just all falling to pieces and stuff. And it really does a good job of just showing you how tired and sick and worn down working here uh, has made him yeah um, it reminds me of in a way in a strange way of, of, of Wally which is kind of one of the finest films ever made um, in that film the corporation there is by and large which again is obviously doing a very similar thing of just criticising this uh, mega corporation just trying to flog us stuff and make us make us ill um, but in that all the, all the humans were there they will go around on their little their little hover hover chairs all the time and they're all just getting very fat and ill and overweight and stuff and they're learning how to do things and they're essentially being killed by the convenience that the robots are offering them and it's a similar sort of story here about how the, everything's just been kind of automated and it's slowly slowly just draining draining their life away <laughs> it's just very bleak and depressing <laughs> but i think at the same time you also you also got that um, sense of incredibly high odds and you know, like it's parts of the game where you get the totally egotistical Yungo like pitting the last worker against the bots for to like it's almost like your job's constantly on the line and he'll, he'll mm. test you to try and like get you out and it'll be basically you're up against it the whole time and he's battling constantly to like re- be the last worker and to stay there and to keep his job and it's almost like that can it says a lot about Kurt that he has that determination to do it, whereas you just feel like in the state that he's in, the conditions he's in, like, he, why hasn't he given up? Like, it, it just. But, but I suppose that's telling you that the world outside the factory is not in a you know, even worse. If that's yeah. if that's just worth keeping the job, and 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 again though, that's that is very much the reality for for people working in the gig economy, zero hour contracts that just have to take whatever shifts they're given, and they're constantly being pitted against other people to to see if someone could do their job better than them, and if if so, they'll lose out to that person. And it is 
a very effective critique, I think, of where we are with the economy and sort of capitalism right now, and yeah. how how technology and, and apps are, are just making life really really shit for people <laughs> frankly um so and, and if that is what uh, the game is, is setting out to do which you know, clearly it is i, I think it's, it's very effective and it succeeds very well in that um you mentioned before the controls and i agree that they are they are quite more fiddly than they need to be there's a bit where i think you have to try and grab a, a, a drone team that's trying to attack you and then ping it away and that took me far too many yeah. games to get, to, to get the hang of what what it is that it's trying to get me to do so i, I don't know if they're gonna if they'll patch it or if they can make make some things better um it's fiddly as well like trying to you, you get your your gravity gun thing and then you have to attach a different thing onto the end of it if you want to then tag parcels and it's just all a bit kind of fiddlier to pick things out than it, than it needs to be and i don't know they could they could simplify the controls a bit more but that that would be my main um critique of the game if i had one yeah and i suppose the game is also available on other consoles it's not a vr only game so it'd be quite interested to see how that looks and feels in terms of another vr ex- um, a non-vr experience and how the controls compare there because i suppose they are the specific vr controls and whether that works a little bit better in a in a flat screen but i'm not sure but as I say, it is a little bit fiddly but it's not you get used to it and it's fine and, and i think i wouldn't i wouldn't let that put you off because i think there's so much there to enjoy on top of that it's like although we've made this sound like quite a bleak experience i think when you appreciate the writing the comedy and the writing you get up there's there's plenty of moments where you will just laugh like absolutely yeah even like to the point where you're like delivering those parcels you get a bit of like relief when you've delivered the parcel because it gives you a little hologram of what was in the parcel when usually that's almost taking the piss out of the whole system and what people are getting delivered and what people are bothered about ordering and there's just so much humor in it Kurt always has like a little one-liner, doesn't he, or whatever it is, because yeah. he sees what the parcel was as well, and he's like, who buys this shit? What is that? Yeah. Why are you buying <laughs> so, so that's that's a really good part of it. And the obviously the interplay with Jason Isaacs as, as Q, the robot, is, steals every every scene that he appears in. It's fantastic. Um, so that's very funny. And just it's a very comic um, satire as, as to what what it's trying to do um and i did like the core the core gameplay mechanic i think my first shift i was just getting a hang of it i didn't do very well but i didn't didn't fail it but then after that it is very I, i'm finding it very satisfying just trying to get the absolute top rank and see how fast i can get it it's almost like crazy taxi <laughs> like, you, know, where you <laughs> yeah. have to zip around this factory as quickly as you can grabbing things dropping them off and i've got developing the knack of thinking right rather than waiting till i get to the place i'm going and then getting my gun out and then picking it up i'm thinking right i can be driving along with one hand and then i'm picking yeah. it up as i'm going to sort of just drive get by. the knack of firing <laughs> yeah literally like a drive by and see how can i do this without even stopping and then whilst it's telling you if you've succeeded or not i can be on to the way to the next one i'm trying to sort of guess do i turn left or do i turn right and you think oh, i've got 50 50 chance i'll go for it oh no yeah. so it's it, i'm yeah it's that kind of competitiveness and i wonder you can you, you get you can do the times for it so i wonder if they can if they'll patch in the sort of speed run mode or some time time competitive mode to it because that would be quite fun that would be fun because you do get the option at the end of each of the shifts you can redo the shift if you want to like if you're not happy with the score that you've got you can go and do it again or it gives you an option just to continue the story which i've been doing because i've been really bad at identifying the parcels that have been i almost forget that so basically you need to assess the parcels based on whether it's the right size and the size is based on whether it takes up like a quarter or a half of the whole of the um 
the vehicle. There's a there's an area of the hovercraft thing that you put the parcel on, so it basically tells you the scale of the parcel by a sticker on it. It also then tells you what the weight is by a sticker on it, and there's a little scale on the left-hand side telling you what the right weight is, and then you need to assess whether there's any damage or evidence of damage on the parcel, and I'm really bad at that bit. I just kind of grab it and deliver it and hope for the best. I well, don't what, like to that, recycle anything, and I think that's kind of <laughs> the point. But no, but some of the shifts, I don't know what's going on in this factory, because some of the shifts, I think nearly everything had to be recycled that I did. I don't know if that's a random, I don't, maybe if it's random or if it's if it's uh, fixed. I don't know, it'd be interesting to replay it and see. But uh, and that, that's what I mean, the first shift, it took me a while to get my head around. And, and then, to be fair, the game probably could have done a better job as to giving you a first shift that was just... Uh, okay, you don't worry here, this is just very much a, tra- a training shift that you can't fail at, and to help me understand a bit more uh, what the what the different criteria that I'm supposed to be looking for, because I think there was, there is a kind of training mode, but it's I, I was just that was more, I was getting my head around the controls and the setting and everything, so I, I think I needed my hand holding a, a, a little bit longer, but after a couple of shifts, I'd, I'd fully got it, and I have got it now, and I've got it down, so um, I'm very much in, enjoying that. Um, but this, you know, the bit in between, there is other stuff that goes on between the missions as well, where it's not just story where you are passive and not doing anything. There was a bit, the bit I played uh, was a section almost kind of like Metal Gear, where you're sneaking through the factory at night after hours, where all the robots will basically kill you on site. They've been programmed to kill on site. Um, so you're trying to sneak past them all as they're going through their routines. And it's very much that, that Metal Gear style sneaking through and trying to find your way around and plot a way around so that people can't see you. Also, people, the robots can't see you. So that, that it does mix it up as well, and there are different takes on different uh, types of the gameplay as well. So, yeah, I, I'm very much enjoying it so far. Me too. It's, it's a game I've looked forward to for a long time, and it's not disappointing me, I think. Where I expected this game to excel was with the voice acting and with the writing, and where this game excels is with the voice acting and with the writing. There's a hell of a lot there in terms of that narrative and that story. Um, and as it don't let, although the controls feel a little bit fiddly at first, give it a little while and they feel second nature, although it's maybe just a little bit more complicated than it needs to be, you'll be totally fine, but it's worth it for everything else that it then gives you. Mm. And I would say as well, I suppose with a story, with a game like this, experience like this, the story is, is key, so how well it nails that landing is going to be crucial, I think, to the overall yeah. um, the, the effectiveness of, of the game itself. So I guess yeah, we can't say to that yet. We can't. We can't speak to that. The only thing I can say to people is just check out and you know, keep listening to the full Cross Button VR podcast. And in future episodes, we'll obviously revisit it and, and let everyone know our thoughts on it, having completed it, and we can revisit it and and you know give some more more final conclusions on it. 